Seriously, what's wrong? I've never seen anyone die before. A few hours ago, we were standing in a garden full of dead people. It was different. How? They were dead already. Morally and practically, that is not a useful distinction. Unlearn Don't tell me what to think. I'm your teacher. Telling you things is what I do. Yeah. Tell me this. You seem to put up for you. Of course. You still care? Of course I care. How many? How many what? If you care so much, tell me how many people you've seen die. I don't know. Okay. How many before you lost count? I care, Bill, but I move on. Yeah. How quickly? It's not me you're angry with. Have you ever killed anyone? There's a look in your eyes sometimes that makes me wonder. Have you? There are situations when the options available are limited. Not what I asked. Sometimes the choices are That's not what I asked! Yes. to Into the Time Vortex podcast, talking about Doctor Who, the latest season. My name is Ken. Jeff. Julia. Scott. And we're talking about the episode Thin Ice that aired on April 29th and was written by Sarah Dollard. What do people think about this one? I liked it. I thought it was fantastic. I liked it. I think Julie and I agree. I thought this was one of the best episodes of the new series. Period. Unbelievable. I always like the episodes better that are that have a different writer than the producer Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Well, that's not saying much because Moffat. Because it's usually fresh and like he has a style of writing that always leaves like loose ends and cryptic stuff that never gets explained whereas the different writers it, it reminds me more of the uh, classic Doctor Who structure and yeah, I, I, said, I said that about the last episode too that this is a, a lot more classic Doctor Who um, but this was, I just thought this was really great and it addressed a lot of issues that are relevant today but set in a you know time of the Regency I just you know the class differences and slavery and I just thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It had a classic who feel to it and also it was more of the traditional doctor companion relationship where the companion sees and hears and asks the questions for the audience so the audience, at least a casual fan, can know what's going on. And it's not like overcomplicated, and I like the way on how she questioned him, and he was like teaching her. It was kind of like uh, Seventh Doctor and Ace a little bit. That I thought that that little dynamic of the Doctor companions kind of remind me of that. 
Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, I, I like that speech he gave to the, the villain there because a lot of times he's just very standoffish and doesn't show a lot of emotion. And um, I don't know, I just think there was a lot of like social, political, class things addressed there that I thought, you know, go beyond like entertainment. You know, I thought it was a good message. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is almost. I like, like the way I like the way that Bill treats the doctor. You know, she's she treats him like he's her favorite professor. Yeah, not uh, like she doesn't. Boyfriend or not, you know, a superhero or anything. Just the most amazing professor she's ever had. I I feel like this episode could be a really good episode to show someone who's never seen the show. Because it touches on everything. It touches on why he can't control the TARDIS. He answers, you know, that he's old. That he sometimes seems to let people die, but then other times he's super caring about people. It's all sort of covered in this one episode. That's why I liked it so much. And you know, Bill's reactions were all realistic. They weren't, you know, like like a. I shouldn't say typical companion, but they weren't like previous companions who would just be kind of not reactive to it and just kind of like, oh, you know, that's too bad. You know, she really was affected by all the stuff that happened. I mean, she's not just like, oh, it's all slavery is still happening. She didn't just say, oh, you know, there's slavery, oh well, but she had a reaction to it. And when the, the little boy died, she had a huge reaction to that. And um, and everything, it just was like all realistic, in, in my opinion. I liked how she said to Frost Bear, and she goes, "I'm gonna try everything." And they're eating ostrich and weird <laughs> stuff, and she's got that look of, "Oh, maybe not everything," because she's like taken back a little bit. Oh yeah, so it was, was very realistic. With like, he was eating some kind of crazy sausage, that, you know, and the it's probably like a she parts uh, neck. <laughs> looked like an intestine. <laughs> or something like that, or a neck or something. Yeah, like I mean, a goose neck. <laughs> it's good for you. It looked <laughs> pretty gross. That's my favorite. <laughs> um, That's like. Can I? May I uh, bring? Uh, talk about some, cr- like critical aspects. Like not, you know, not super critical, but just something that I felt as I was watching it was that I felt a lot, some of the some of the uh, concepts I've seen before, like for example like a giant enslaved creature uh, like in the Matt, Matt Smith's first season I think it was the Beast Below where there's like this space whale and they were feeding people to it yeah. there was also an episode of Torchwood that had that too yeah. Oh, meat. yeah and then in the classic oh. Who there was Creature from the Pit or they throw people Yeah, they're throwing people down to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been done before. But you know, it still it still works. Yeah. To an extent. As long as they do it right and they use the story to get their message out instead of which, you know. Yeah, which I think on. this one really, really did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found I found the whole I found that whole story to be the B plot, uh, which most people would look at it and go, Oh, it's about a giant creature underwater and they have it, that whole part seemed to be secondary to me. It was the the first part was all the rest of the stuff that the doctor and Bill were going through, and I thought the B plot was okay. But it, you guys are right. It, it's we've seen it before. And it was nothing original. Very much similar to the previous two stories, which had similar things. It was like, oh, that that sounded familiar. The happiness patrol or whatever. But for 
some reason, this one just did a really good job with it. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think it was uh, really done really well. Um, and those little nitpicky things, I don't think really impact the view of, you know, the enjoyability of it for, for the viewers, you know. Um, but it's not, also, it's not the first time there was like a, like, uh, there was, if you go back to Tom Baker and the Zygons, there was the Loch Ness Monster in the Thames. So there seems to be a lot of giant animals in the Thames that nobody seems to notice or remember. He had a lot of really good speeches in this one. And in the past, when the doctor has made speeches, especially uh, uh, Matt Smith, they've been like, he's standing on something and screaming out into the world or talking almost to the camera. And it's always been kind of like, ugh, it, you know, cringeworthy. It's always has bothered me. Even though some of the stuff has been good, it just seems like he's on a stage, you know, and the light is on him and everything. These were more subtle. He was basically just talking to, like, I think it was already mentioned, um, the main bad guy, and he was just kind of talking about, you know, that one there where uh, Bill had made a comment about. There was a lot of that throughout the whole story. And, yeah, you know, it's one of those things. I've watched the episode twice, which is unheard of that I would actually watch an episode twice in, in less than 24 hours. But I really wanted to pick up on all that little stuff, those lines and everything. I've I've actually watched three episodes more these three new episodes of series ten more than I have when I watched the episodes of series one. I think for series one I might have watched them once and that was it. And I've already on multiple watchings of the first three of series ten because uh, it's I think this series seems a lot better than last series. Oh, At least definitely. I agree. A lot, and, a lot and more it, enjoyable. And it's funny because usually when they're bunch of yelling and people running around and stuff those that's when you're kind of like oh maybe i'll have to watch it again because i didn't pick up on half of it but these are so focused that it's you know i didn't necessarily want to watch it again just because I, I was i wanted to pick up on stuff i hadn't seen before it's just that i wanted to kind of like really was it really that good let me watch it again and see you know and i, I like uh the author sarah dollar had done um she had done a couple more episodes that I had, I enjoyed too. Uh, they're not coming to me right. Um, <laughs> it'll come to me as soon as the, it comes to Google. But um, Face the Raven. I thought this episode was better than Face the Raven, but I think there was some good stuff in Face the Raven. I love his um, the whole thing about how many have you have you killed. Or how many have you let die, or seen die, and how many have you have you killed? That whole question was a bulk of this story, and I thought that was really powerful. Story. Yeah, and he didn't dodge the answer. He actually said yes, and I think yeah. I don't recall him ever admitting that before. Does anyone yeah, else? Yeah, usually dodges the answer or yeah. changes the subject or something like that. Is there a, does someone have a problem over there? <laughs> No. Um, okay, because it sounds like someone's having a lot of trouble with, like, they're moving stuff around and everything. There's a lot of interference. Yeah, all of a sudden a cat attacked me and it hit my headphones. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't realize there was a cat. That's what I thought it was. It sounded like a cat attack, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> oh, I, I also liked the, um, the period, like, diving suits, because it reminds me a lot of, like, Jules Verne. Mm. Uh, I thought... The, those costumes were pretty cool. 
Tardis. Would those have been a thing at that time, though? I think I don't know. I thought he got them out of the Tardis. Oh. Well, maybe, maybe. Yeah, they didn't explain it. It's like where would he? I don't think they were doing that in 1814. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think so either. Yeah, I think he got it out of the Tardis, but that was kind of like where did that come from? You know? Yeah. Well, I guess it would be less shocking than to see something more modern, you know, like a scuba diver outfit. Yeah, yeah. People would freak out. And I love that he saved all the kids. No, oh. all of them. Well, <laughs> that was totally. He like, saved this. He got. He saved this screwdriver and just let the kid die. <laughs> I got the screwdriver, but the kid's down in the Thames. Oh well. That was that was pretty harsh. That that did remind me of uh, Into the Dalek, where he just seemed to kind of like give up on the person a little too quickly, um, but he he was almost like he was he had moved on. He he was like looking at a sonic screwdriver, and Bill's like, "What about the kid?" He's like, "Oh, it's too late." Like like, like he was he was thinking of his next plan, and it never was a thought of him. And could he have? Right, and she brings him to you know kind of takes him to task for it, and then he realizes, and I think he does this a lot, you know, a lot of the companions do that in the beginning. They're like, wait a minute, you can't just let people die. And then he realizes, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be protecting this planet. I like how he... I like... Okay. I like how he um, gives that final question to um, Bill on whether or not to release the creature or not. And his whole statement of like, you know, that's up to you, Bill. It's your planet, blah, blah, blah. Which is reminiscent of the um, the one with the, the egg-hatching moon there, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Kill the moon. Uh, kill the moon, was it? Yeah. Where it was like, in someone else's hands to act, and it's like, are you just torturing the companions on purpose? I mean, Sometimes you make the decision, Doctor. It's not always the companion that does. Right. I I just wanted to comment on the the sort of homage to Charles Dickens with the the urchins and the pickpockets. It's just like out of Oliver Twist. But that was probably based on reality at the time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Did you you hear the, the words from the story, from the book he was reading? About how if you suck your thumb, someone's gonna come and cut your thumbs off. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought I'm like sitting here laughing. I'm like, wow, what a great story to tell kids that they're, while you're sleeping because you're sucking your thumb, someone's gonna come and cut your thumbs off. Is, I thought is that based on a real book. I think so. I read that somewhere that someone actually wrote the whole story down, and I was reading. It. I was like, oh okay. <laughs> but well, I mean, if you've ever read any of the original fairy tales, they're really brutal. Yeah. You know. People don't live. The mermaid doesn't get to marry the prince. <laughs> yeah, there's. Um, I also like the whole value your life, like the value of the of humankind or the person's life is is not you know what you do for like the guy wants to build the empire and create this fuel or whatever. It's the death of that one child or or whoever. And then later on, that whole thing comes with with Bill when when she just you know has made the decision. It's like your value of your life or whatever uh, based on your decisions. So a lot of a lot of stuff like that throughout the whole episode that carries the episode for me. The rest of it was just kind of like there was some good stuff in it. You know, like when he's talking to that person at the dock there, and he's 
basically getting all the information out of it by just kind of double speak and the guy's just kind of falling for it. I mean, they're really some good stuff. And I, I think this is one of Peter Capaldi's best episodes. And I think it's definitely the, the two of them, their best episode together so far. Oh, I also liked uh, the reason why the creature is chained to the Thames so they can take its uh, excrement and use it instead of coal. Yeah. And they're like <laughs> processing its crap. Did, did they ever explain <laughs> it? I'm, I'm sitting there going, I think that I'm think that I think that's crap. And she she touches because they're all wearing masks and she touches it and then she smells it. And she's like, oh. <laughs> and then and at the end she has that no shit <laughs> type line. <laughs> I think that's like the funniest part of the whole, uh, whole episode. Did they ever explain <laughs> if the creature was like extraterrestrial or? Indigenous, like I don't think they ever. They never explained they brought it. it up, but yeah, because at the end it swam away, and I was like, okay, it's not swimming out into space, so it's not an alien. But well, the the doctor even said it. He said it doesn't really matter, and and this is something that I've noticed in all three episodes so far. There's been a little bit of like, kind of like looking at some of the things that I consider a flaw in the last bunch of episodes of Doctor Who, the last bunch of seasons. They seem to be kind of almost focusing, almost like poking fun at it a little bit, like, you know, do we need to know the, the elaborate story behind this creature? And the doctor just kind of has a throwaway side, doesn't really matter. And we don't find out, and so there's people online going, wait a minute, what, what was it? Was it a creature from outer space? And it's like, you, you don't, you know, you, maybe you care, but, but the whole point of the story is not about that, you know, and mm -hmm. even Bill was asking some of the questions like, well, what happens if it gets up and eats a bunch of people, and then something about going to Greenland or Iceland or whatever. And eats was, up Greenland, yeah. Yeah, and then he was like, I'm going to go check on that or something, and he just kind of didn't check up on it. Like, it's like, that's not important, you, you know, even though maybe yeah. maybe it should it could be in another story, but in this story, it's not. You know, and maybe I'm reading well into that too much, but that's what no, I'm I don't doing. think you are. I mean, I I think this whole episode was a commentary on a lot of things, yeah. and that just is a commentary on, you know, it doesn't it, it it doesn't matter. It's a it's a life, and it's allowed to live. Yeah. Um, I like how. He thinks the guy's an alien, and then when he comes in, and he, you know, of course, that the funniest moment is, is when he's like, you know, we got to use diplomacy and everything, and he just the first thing he does is hit the guy, and which is warranted. And then later on, he's like, if you were an alien, I can understand the lack of humanity, but you're a human, so I, I just don't, you know, I, I can't believe, I can't fathom that or whatever. But I thought all that was really good. Yeah, and it's good that he wasn't an alien. It's good that, technically, actually, is this a historical? Because there's no sci-fi element to it. There's a creature, but <laughs> yeah, like like the visitation from Fifth Doctor episode. But that was a yeah. That I, was, I think it's, it's, it's a pseudo historical. What are you talking about, Black Orchid? Oh, visitation had the uh, pterodactyls. Right, alien. it was a period piece, but it had alien, oh, okay. yeah. like aliens in it, but it wasn't like a historical. Oh, okay. This is a historical. I think this is more like. The, uh, the tenant werewolf one, where it's there was a creature, oh, yeah. but it was historical. But I don't think it's a true historical. No, I, I like that the villain was human and not an alien yeah. because they use that plot device a lot. Yeah, yes, that's true. It's always like an alien or something, rather 
over at either whatever. And I like how um, at the beginning we, we had the cliffhanger from the last episode where it was an elephant, and it just didn't seem to make sense. And I'm like, here we go again with another shock value scene. And but then it ended up being something that kind of made sense. I don't know. Did they really bring elephants out onto a frozen Thames? I, Thames, I don't know. I don't know about elephants, but they were definitely <laughs> frost fairs. Yeah, and but I, I think the elephant was going to be a little too much. <laughs> but nah, I, I get it was just you I'll know for visual. Yeah, no. It was a, a, well, it was to get all the people there. You know, the more well, entertainment there was, the more people who would show up and the more people he could feed to the creature. No, I, I know that, but um, would they really be that silly to put an elephant out on the ice? I don't, I don't know. I mean, especially oh, no. when it's coming down, it was going to thaw pretty soon, you know. It's like, well... Yeah, probably not. <laughs> and I like how Bill doesn't just go walk right out of the ice. I mean, you know, the whole point is it doesn't freeze. The Thames doesn't freeze anymore. So she's hesitant about stepping on it. She, she takes her time, then she's all excited when she does it because, you know, it's something that she's never done before. So I like how there's, she has that attention to detail, whereas previous companions just kind of go on and do their own thing. But Yeah. Yeah, Bill's rapidly moving up into my, you know, top two favorite companions. I yeah, really like her. I, I like her too. Um, especially because she doesn't like slap the doctor. I mean, she questions him, but she's not like snarky about it. Yep. And she asks smart questions. She asks a ton of questions, but they're smart questions. Yeah, they're not like. I mean, and this is a uh, a problem with the classic series. What are we gonna do, Doctor? Who's that, Doctor? What we, what about that? I mean, they're, they're, those are annoying, and a lot of companions like Perry or a lot of them ask those questions. And Bill has questions that are kind of like um, they're not simple answers either. So yeah, most of the time. And so she comes you... back to them like he'll throw out something like I'm two thousand years old or I have two hearts, and she'll look at him and. And then come back to it. Yes. You know, because he'll throw something like that out in the middle of some event. And so, but she always comes back to it. She doesn't forget. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So what do you think is who's knocking in the uh, vault? Oh, my God. I can't wait to see that one. I think it's John Sims Master. Yeah. And, 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 and I'll tell you, as soon as I saw that at the end, I was like, those are the types of things that ruin episodes for me. I know it was at the end, which was good, so it was kind of, it doesn't really affect my 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 rating on this episode, but it's kind of like, I don't care who's in there, because whoever it is, they're going to come out and they're going, you missed me! Whee! You know, it's going to be crazy, but maybe they, maybe they, maybe they won't do that, but I'm just waiting for that shoe to fall and go, well, you know these episodes that people are saying are a little slow. Maybe they're good, but we're don't worry. We'll get to the bad ones soon enough. Yeah. Maybe it's the Mondasian Cybermen. No, I doubt well, it. it could. I mean, well, the vault has Gallifreyan, you know, markings on it, so maybe the vault's bigger on the inside. You never know. It looks like a pretty big vault, though. 
Yeah, well, if it's full of Mondasi Cybermen, then it, it's reminiscent of the the one that the Daleks came out of the whatever that was called. Oh, the, the, void, the void, the yeah, the void sphere and all that stuff. Sphere. Yeah, the. And then if it's the if it's one of the masters, then it's remem- reminiscent of the um, the the one that the Doctor was trapped in, or or Amy was trapped in, I should say. The Pandora. Yeah. The Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, but there's a lot of reminiscing in this in this season. Maybe that's on purpose. Maybe Moffat's sort of bringing in these truths, these stories that are kind of um, Stalworth or whatever, and kind of retelling them a little bit. Um, but I thought this one was the best one so far by a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Um, I was surprised that I didn't not like it. <laughs> <laughs> I always do that though. <laughs> I, I, I guess I have lowered expectations now after being disappointed sometimes. And I, I hate to sound negative, but it's like, um, uh, I don't know, just watching it, like, you're just like, okay, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And then it, surpri- you know, it surprised me with a lot of twists that I didn't expect. So. See, I always have such high expectations, and so I'm always disappointed. <laughs> but not this time. Right, so the this, trick is to lower is your bad. expectations. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm so cynical about everything else. Let me be optimistic about one thing in my life. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to just make one more comment about how there, there's this uh, pattern, not a, well, maybe not a pattern, but this this uh, thing that's used often where something fantastic happens and nobody remembers it, like something really grand, like seeing a uh, Loch Ness monster and it's not in the history books or anything like that, and... You know, in this case, I think this is this is believable because you know it's just a gigantic fish, and you don't really see the whole thing. You just see the fins going by, and it's not like an eighty-foot-tall yeah. cyber robot, you know, bombing your city. At you know, at the turn of the last century, but hey, most of the people were running to get off the ice anyway because yeah, they thought the ice was cracking. So yeah, it's kind of like when you're not. So it's they, like that Warner Brothers cartoon with the frog when you're not looking. It stopped. You know. <laughs> It starts singing. Yeah, it starts dancing. <laughs> yeah. Anything else about this one? No, I'm good. No, I, I just, I hope this keeps on because this was great. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so far, three good stories. Three good episodes. Yep. Well, I don't know. I, I don't have faith in this. <laughs> I'm like, when's the? We take a take a poll right now. When's the first episode? It's gonna really mess up, and it's like this the next one by can get the next one by Moffat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>